Wolfpack Ninja Podcast, Anthony Storm, executive producer of American Ninja Warrior. Welcome to the Wolfpack Ninja Podcast. I'm Megan Martin. And I'm Ian Dory. I'm Brian Arnold. And I'm Noah Kaufman, the Ninja Doc. Thanks for joining our weekly conversation about health, fitness, and all things Ninja Warrior. We will be interviewing all of the top American Ninja Warrior stars, and we encourage you to visit our website, www.wolfpackninjas.com. And kids, you can get your free Wolfpack Ninja Cub certificate there. If you like our podcast, please share, subscribe, and like on iTunes. Also, give us a follow on our social media. We're always posting new content, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Wolfpack Ninja and on Instagram at Wolfpack Ninja Warrior. Together, we can make the world a healthier and happier place. So join us. Okay, ninjas, today on the Wolfpack Ninja podcast, we have a very special guest. We have Anthony Storm, the executive producer of American Ninja Warrior. It's going to be really exciting talking to Anthony, talking about Anthony, and listening to all the interesting things he has to say from behind the curtains. Uh, He's one of the main uh, executive producers of the show, and he's just a a really great guy, and he's really looking out for ninjas out there. Before we get to Anthony's storm, though, we can talk about something big, something huge that's coming up. Let's talk a little bit about the Wolfpack Ninja Tour. We can finally talk about it. Let's talk about... The Wolfpack Ninja Tour. Brian, go. What is it? It's going to be a huge an event. Huge event. It's going to be a competition. The biggest ninja event of all time. It's going to be in Denver, head-to-head racing. There's kids' classes, cash prizes. All the top ninjas are going to be there. It's Let, incredible. Let's talk about the cash prizes. Yeah. There's over $30,000 in cash prizes, guys. Over 30000 And this is cash prizes. There's also going to be swag and gear. I heard that if you win your category in the pro men's and women's division, you could win over $7,000. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, there's a leaderboard. Anybody can compete, though. I mean, all the pros will be there, but there's five different divisions. There's divisions for kids, uh, youth 12 to 18 years old. There's amateur men and amateur women. And anybody who ever wanted to try a Ninja Warrior style course can come out and race the pros or race each other. This is going to be a really cool event. Yeah, and for those that aren't super competitive and just want to try their course, you can come out and do that too. There's no, there's no pressure. You don't if you're not competitive, but you love to do obstacles, come out and just play. Pull up contests, rope contest, rope climbing contests. There's handstand contests. I mean, this is like all in. This is in Magnus Arena. It's going to be April 29th and 30th will be our first one. And it's going to be off the charts. Come from all over. It's, it's going to be unbelievable. Moms, dads, kids. If you've ever wanted to meet with one of the pro ninjas, Jesse Graff, Megan Martin, Brian Arnold. We have kids classes you can come and sign up for. and you get It's incredible. Yeah, it's unbelievable. We've got Joe Moravsky, we've got Nicholas Coolridge, Travis Brewer, we've got J.J. Woods, Megan Martin. All of us are going to be there, the rest of the Wolfpack, and there's and so many more ninjas. I mean, this is really an incredible opportunity, parents, for your kids to be able to do classes with the top ninjas. It's really cool. Want to learn more? Go to wolfpackninjas.com to get all the information you need. But don't take our word for it. Here's all the top ninjas giving you the skinny. The Wolf 
pack Ninja Tours coming to a city near you. It's for the whole family. Kids classes. Participate. Fight childhood obesity. Gain knowledge. A portion of the profit goes to charity. Family fun. Super fun. Fun. Professional ninja racing. $30,000 in cash prizes. Incredible. Epic. Fast action. Side by side. A portion of profits go to charity. Entertaining. Inspire our kids. Inspire our kids. Inspire our kids. Inspire our kids. Huh. Inspire our kids. Inspire our kids. And all of us ninjas will be there. Over $30,000 in cash and prizes. And all the top ninjas will be there. The ninjas are making magic. Get psyched. Epic. Amazing. Fantastic. It's going to be a show like you've never seen. Fast action. <laughs> so yeah, you guys, this is going to be absolutely amazing. I mean, our pro team is Jeff Britton, the first American Ninja Warrior, Jesse Graff, Joe Moravsky, Jennifer Tavernier, Travis Brewer, Nicholas Coolridge, Ryan Stratus. We've got Jesse LaFlair, parkour master, Flip Rodriguez, the mask man, myself, the ninja doc, Brian Arnold, Ian Dory, Megan Martin, and J.J. Woods, and all of us along with a lot of other ninjas like John Stewart. We're going to all be teaching kids classes we're going to be out there having a great time and all of the non-wolf pack members are going to be competing with you and all the other climbers and parkour and other aspiring ninjas out there for over thirty thousand dollars in cash and prizes actually over thirty one thousand dollars in cash and prizes uh, we have a detailed breakup of the prizes of the divisions of everything on our website it's going to be april 29th and 30th and it's going to be off the hook you really got to come out it's going to be insane this is going to be historic and hopefully if this goes well we're going to be doing tour around the country at a bunch of different cities so join us in denver for this first historic wolfpack ninja tour and it's going to be unbelievable welcome back to the wolfpack ninja podcast today we have someone very special you guys he's not a ninja superstar in a way i mean he is a superstar but guys he's the executive producer of american ninja warrior Anthony Storm. Storm. Yeah. Yeah, we've got Anthony Storm. He and Kent Weed. I mean, the whole crew are, is amazing. And it was really, really great for him to kind of bless our podcast with his uh, presence. And, and we got to ask a lot of questions, like what goes on behind the curtains? And so it's really, really interesting to see. You know, American Ninja Warrior is like an incredibly motivating, inspiring TV show that has given us a platform where we can start to make an impact on kids' lives. Talk about sugar, and we can help all of you kids out there to become ninjas. Anthony is one of the main guys, one of the top guys who's editing the show, who's helping decide the stories, decide all the things that go on behind the scenes, and he's helped to make this a reality. And so he's a really, really smart guy, a really creative guy, and I can't wait to share the interview with you. Yeah, it's going to be a different perspective. You know, we, we talk a lot with ninjas and athletes and incorporating diet and how to become a better athlete. This is totally different world is producing and creating something that's uh, that everyone loves. So I can't wait to see what, you know, how he does it and what his thoughts are. And, you know, we're putting on the Wolfpack Ninja Tour. This, you know, it's a local event in Denver. We've got some good cash prizes. We've got a lot of ninjas are going to be there. So we know the logistical nightmare that that is to put on this pretty big event. Imagine putting on a TV show, you know, and so he's this executive producer. He's producing content for 
a world-class NBC TV show. So I wish he was on our team helping us with our, with our, you know, our, our, our events. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a lot of pressure that you see it when you're on the set. There is so much money that's being spent every minute to produce that show. And he's got to make sure that everything's running him and the rest of the, the rest of the crew right. and Kent. And I've been in, I've been in the trailer during team Ninja and I was watching them. Actually, I was watching Kent weed and some of those exact and some of the producers in there actually, you know, running the whole show. I was looking at all the can- camera angles. There was so much that goes into that for everything that you guys are seeing. There is so much work that's being done behind the scenes and, these guys work really hard to to bring an amazing show, and I, I personally, and I know you guys too, we, we just want to thank thank everybody that works so hard to to bring the show to us. Absolutely, yes. And a lot of people don't realize that when we're on set and when we're at the city, you know, finals or qualifiers, there's like a live feed, a live stream that doesn't make it to TV. That's like a TV show on a giant screen that they're editing right there on the go. Yeah, it's nice to actually be able to, to follow, because sometimes you're in the Ninja Pan and you'll be able to watch a little monitor and watch what's going on and different camera angles. So yeah. it's cool. Yeah, and I know I know some of us um, ninjas, sometimes we don't understand why they have us doing things, and, and, and maybe we give the casting a hard time by maybe being a little slow to move from one area to the other, but... They, they they have a lot of pressure on them to make sure this is done and done right because they only get one night to do this shot, you know, to do the show. Yeah, um, rain or shine. Or, yeah. well, rain or moonshine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if I can do anything to make your guys' job easier, all of us, you know, we, we'd want to do it. We want to win the show, but we also, we're, we all feel like we're a part of making this show because we know without, without the show, we wouldn't be able to play like we do. Yeah, on this amazing course, it's really a gift, and I'm just as guilty. I mean, you know, we all, we all sometimes as ninjas, ninjas are kind of like always trying to find a way to look at what's being built and got try and get to the set early. So we're all by nature a little bit of troublemakers, you know, yeah. in, in a good way, in a positive way. But obviously, when they're working hard and when y'all are working hard out there. Uh, you know, we understand it. And, yeah. and <laughs> well, they're they're trying to make a show, and we're trying to win the show. Yeah, <laughs> we have different goals in mind that night. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's get uh, let's get on to his interview. You want to hear a word from our sponsors? Well, whether or not you want to, I mean, we probably should, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. Here's a word from our sponsor. Then Anthony Storm. Well, today we have a very special guest. We're very excited to welcome the one and only Anthony Storm, the executive producer of American Ninja Warrior. He's just brought a lot of talent to the show. He's been the executive producer since season six. He, and a lot like the rest of the Wolf Pack, he's got, he's got some kids. So he's got a four-year-old and a six-year-old. And Anthony, we welcome you to the show. You're a father. You're an American Ninja Warrior producer. You're an amazing guy. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be involved. It's really cool. You know, I, the first thing that I think we, everybody would want to know, and it's kind of the first thing people want to know in general about Ninja Warriors, and you're kind of like a ninja producer. How how did you get into this? How did you get into the American Ninja Warrior scene? Uh, I've been involved in sports television now for over 20 years. I actually worked at 
the Olympics. I've worked at Wimbledon. I've worked at the French Open. I've worked at various NBA finals and World Series and Super Bowls. And uh, and I was with a Smith at Co-Productions, who for people that don't know the intricacies of how the show gets made, NBC is the broadcaster, but A. Smith Co. Uh, is the production company that does the show. And I was with A. Smith Co. in a different capacity for a number of years. And uh, they realized that my background in sports TV and in storytelling, because I had been doing mostly documentaries, um, were sort of the perfect blend for what American Ninja Warrior is uh, and moved me onto the show in, in season six. And, uh, and it seems to be a good fit. So that must have been exciting. I mean, you landed a pretty big fish there. You know, to be completely honest, I didn't know a ton about the show before I joined. Um, I'd worked on it in a minor capacity in post-production back in season four. I thought it was fun. I hadn't realized how much it was growing and how quickly. And it really, it, season five is the first time it appeared on NBC and, and it, it sort of surprised people with, with the audience that it captured immediately. But really when we took over in season six is when the exponential growth happened. So I didn't realize what a big fish I'd, I'd caught at the time, but I certainly do now and I'm very grateful for it. Well, and congratulations because, I mean, partly you helped to make this fish as big as it is, obviously. So it's, you've done a great job. The show just keeps getting better and better. I appreciate that. It's a uh, it's a blast to work on. The ninja community is unlike any uh, any world or universe I've ever been involved with. It's it's filled with unique, fascinating, inspirational people. And and as a group, we've grown this show. And obviously, it's captured the imagination of people around the world. Yeah, and I definitely want to get into that and explore that a little bit deeper because I, I agree, you're absolutely right. And I've met some of the most incredible people, yourself included, Anthony. And you know, we've had a lot of fun out just talking on the course and during filming and production. But you know, I want to start off telling our listeners what what goes into making a show. Do you guys sit down and say, okay, these are the stories we're going to talk about? What? How, how does it work? Yes, we. It all starts with casting. Um, you know, we got 70,000 applications this year, um, wow. for people that wanted to appear on the show. Wow. Uh, and, and ultimately we have to, um, winnow that down to about 700 people that we have room for on the course over the of course of our five cities. It's closer to 600 really. And so, you know, people always ask, you know, what does it take to get on the show? And, and I know that's like, a. uh, one of the most sought after answers in the ninja world. Sure, sure. And, and, and there's not a single answer, but you know, we obviously want to find people that, that can challenge the course and conquer the course. Um, we want people with, with interesting backgrounds, with inspirational stories. Um, you know, we want people with great energy, you know, we want people that are going to be fun to watch on the course. And so, you know, the storytelling really begins in the casting and finding those types of people, seeking them out and then them finding us and, and us finding and seeking out a way to tell their story you know, in the, the most digestible fashion. Um, and a lot of the storytelling also comes on the course itself, you know, and the obstacle design and the course layouts. And we're always thinking about, you know, which obstacle will work better after or before the, you know, the previous one and what's the flow of the course going to be and have we challenged their balance enough and their upper body enough and are what type of athletes might be in this city and how do we want to challenge them and it really begins months and months before we even shoot the show. Yeah, no, that and that makes sense. And it's interesting to hear that you kind of consider what type of athletes are going to be in what cities. Uh, that's that's you know we always kind of wondered if that was the case. Oh, they know there's that you know us climbers are going to be in in this city. Are they going to challenge us with with something in particular? And 
And so that's interesting to hear that that goes into it. And I also heard that you go to playgrounds uh, mm-hmm. and, and for for inspiration, and that so that's true as well. I heard that on NPR. Yeah, I mean, I'm at playgrounds with my my four and my six year old boys that you mentioned in the beginning, right? Um, and you know, while they're playing, I'm thinking. And, uh, you know, playgrounds are certainly inspirations. I think if you look closely, a lot of our obstacles, they, they have a foundation in things that you'll see in the playground. And, you know, we're, we're constantly, my, my wheels are always spinning, thinking of, of obstacles and ways to challenge the ninjas. That's cool. Right now, American Ninja Warrior is on top of the world. It's doing great. It's, it, everybody loves it, and it's expanding, and the brand is expanding. What do you see as in the as happening in the coming years? I mean, I guess it's always a challenge to to kind of be repicked up, but you know, it's pro- probably more of a sure thing being on top right now. What do you see happening with the brand? The brand continues to grow. You know, the show now is uh, is being picked up around the world. There was a Ninja Warrior UK. There's a Ninja Warrior Turkey. There have been Sasuke competitions in Vietnam and Malaysia and, of course, Japan. And, right. uh, you know, the Ninja Warriors is uh, extending its reach down into South America and Canada this year. Uh, we had a, a team from Latin America that you're going to see in USA versus the world in a few months. And it was fascinating to hear those guys who live in Venezuela and Mexico and Brazil and Argentina talk about how they watch the show down there and they're desperate to be involved. So the growth of the, sh- of the show is, um, is, is amazing and unexpected. It, it is, as you said, continuing to be successful in, in, here in the States. And uh, we're, having an, we're off to another great start this summer, um, which certainly bodes well for our immediate future. Um, TV is a very fickle world. So, you know, yeah. Hopefully we stay on top um, as long as possible. And, you know, I certainly we're certainly riding a wave right now. Yeah. You know, there's a fitness wave and there's a fascination with um, watching regular people do amazing things. And, and, and we've captured both those things. And, and hopefully we continue to do that. But, you know, we're not going to be complacent. We're going to try to make the show bigger and better every year and, you know, give people something new to look forward to and, and hopefully continue to grow. Yeah, and I think the the stories are you know capture our imaginations. I mean, watching these guys, watching this guy the 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 other week with one leg, Zach Gowan, unbelievable. I mean, that yeah. was just so inspiring, and you know that inspired me as a physician and as a fellow ninja to see how how incredibly tenacious he was. You know. <sighs> Yeah, Zach Gowan was tremendous. And, uh, you know, he has an obvious uh, physical limitation. But really, I think that he's representative of so many of our ninjas. You know, so many of the people that compete in our course have undergone something. And it's not always as tangible as the loss that Zach suffered. Um, But they've suffered some sort of setback that they've come back from. And and being on the course is really their realization of how far they've come. And, you know, in Zach, it was just very, it was very visible. He's missing a leg. He's he's Jump is jumping around on the course with one yeah. leg, and the course is not designed to be attacked that way. It's literally impossible to do some of these things on one leg, and yet he did it. And he got farther on the course than than half the people that are able bodied. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. well, and and actually, we were talking about this a little bit. He actually fell on an obstacle that he probably, if if his technique had been just a little bit better, or if he he probably could have done, he probably wasn't as limited. No, there, there's a, a, an interesting irony. It's not worth getting into too deep, but we've had a number of, of amputees on our show. And ironically, more than half the time, they've failed on upper body obstacles. Yeah. 
and I, I don't know what that's about. Maybe they're gassed, but um, yeah, you would you would think he could have got through that, and it would have been fascinating to see what he could have done next. You know, it's funny. I, I was I interviewed Zach um, the day before, and as excited as he was to be on the course um, and to tell his story and, and share his journey, he honestly did not think he would get past the first step on the floating steps. Right. Wow. Wow. But. But he did. He tried his hardest and he did it. It was amazing. It was remarkable. So and then everybody's question. Well, my question watching it is, oh, my gosh, this guy is amazing. He's an incredible athlete. He's doing it. He's doing it. What is going to happen when he gets to the warp wall? <laughs> we were dying to find out. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, is he going to you know wave to the crowd and say thank you and, and hop off? Or is he – I mean it – yeah, it's it's just such an interesting kind of thing. What what could possibly happen? Uh, I I don't doubt Zach would have tried something none of us would have expected. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe we'd use the side of the wall or something right. to try and. Yeah. Well, he's an incredible guy, and there's so many incredible athletes uh, and stories, indeed, on the show. Now, obviously, you get through the stories, you get through qualifiers and finals, and then everything changes the whole field changes and now you've got the top ninjas and you're going to put them on really what is a much harder kind of four stage course to really test them mount midoriyama does does it change for you does the field change does the excitement grow what's it like changing up to go to vegas then yeah, I mean, Vegas is the best of the best. And, and you know, in each city, you know, we, we have an expectation of, of getting a certain amount of people through the course. And, you know, there, there are dozens of people that we have absolutely no expectation of them completing. We just want to see how far they can get and, and how, much, how much they can fulfill themselves um, by conquering an obstacle or two or three. Um, but in Vegas, there's an expectation that, that theoretically anybody could finish the course, so certainly on stage one. Right. And, and so it is a different feel. It, it's, it's more competitive. Um, it feels much more like a sports event and, and less uh, like, like a, a festival. Um, and so, um, it does have a, a little more nervous energy in Vegas. Yeah. Um, uh, and yet that said, there's sort of a, a, and you've been there, Noah, so you know, there's some of sort of a summer camp feel right. to, to being in Las Vegas. It's for like, sure. we're all reunited and we're all there for the same purpose. And we're also excited to see who's going to get through. And, uh, and you know, by the end of that long, dusty, hot, sweaty weekend, it's like a kumbaya moment where we all say, <laughs> goodbye see you in a few months yeah it's a lot you know i gotta tell you we go to burning man every year and it's a lot like being out on the playa it's got that same energy that same crazy surreal you know you're living in a dream but this is also real life at the same time and it's this kind of fantastic larger than life week yeah yeah, well, it's a collection of, of crazies, you know, anybody that would dedicate their <laughs> yeah. lives to doing this uh, and be good enough at it. You have to dedicate so much of your life to be good enough to get to Vegas that, it, you know, it, it takes a very unique type of individual. And then they're all assembled in the same place and it's 115 degrees and we're only working overnight. So we're sleeping during the day and our internal clocks are off and we're yeah. all sort of in a frazzled state. So it's, it's a very odd place to be. And it's a it's a crazy, intense week. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I, I want to come back to what you mentioned about how it does get a little bit more competitive. And, you know, it, it'd be hard not to address the 800-pound gorilla, which was that we had two incredible athletes that, you know, pretty much finished the course last year. And I think it was pretty much unexpected by all of us, the ninjas, the show. 
What was that like? And was that an uh oh moment, or was that an oh my gosh they did it? Was that? Tell us what it was like to watch uh, Jeff Britton and Isaac Caldiero take down the course. Uh, it was amazing. You know, we in the in the control room, we're we're fans. Like the people at home are fans, and yeah. uh, and you know, and we're we're rooting and cheering, and we always joke that we should have a, a GoPro in the control room because it's pandemonium <laughs> in there sometimes. You know, when there are special moments, Zach Gowan, for example, or or, or you know, Casey Catanzaro, or some of the things that Megan and, and Jesse have Jesse Graff have done. You know, we're we're jumping up and down in the control room, and we're high fiving each other, and we're sports fans. You know, we're as excited as anybody. Oh, totally. When Jeff and, and Isaac got through stage three, you know, particularly Jeff's, the end of stage three for Jeff, which oh was just gosh. a feat of strength that I've never seen before in sports. Yeah. It, it, it was absolute joy and uh, we could not have been happier. And, and we did not have an expectation on stage four because we'd never seen it before. Um, mm, we honestly right. didn't. We didn't know, you know, you know, we, we didn't know if it could be done in, in 30 seconds. And uh, and when Jeff did it, we were flabbergasted. And, you know, we just did not think that somebody could do it faster than what Jeff had done. And for Isaac to step up there and, you know, with very little rest after having just conquered stages two and three, to go up that rope in a little over 26 seconds was it felt superhuman (laughs) it was crazy to be witness to it in in person is something i'll never forget and you know and i'll cherish forever and uh you know we we all felt terrible for jeff because we we thought that he he had won himself a million dollars and and then suddenly isaac was the champion and uh it was incredible you know we were as amazed and and overjoyed as anybody was yeah, it's kind of heartbreaking, but at the same time, why well, he did it, and it, it's it's hard to to define, right? Was he the first or not? And this has been an ongoing thing, and fans have opinions. Everybody has opinions on this. It was this magical moment where definitely for at least 15 minutes or whatever it was, he was the winner. Yeah. And, and we're getting ready for Isaac to go. And, of course, you know, we're huddled around Isaac, you know, Rubbing his shoulders, Isaac, you got this. Come on, man, bury him. <laughs> get, get up that rope. And it was really interesting to see how it did turn very competitive all of a sudden. And Isaac's a very competitive person, so it it was a, a good advantage for him. Yeah, we didn't in the control room. We didn't have any idea of the the competitive na- nature of it. They felt sort of isolated, like Jeff did his thing and then Isaac did his. Right. Um, so it was more of uh, you know just watching sports history happen. Now, are you allowed to say, and we can edit this out, but uh, are you allowed to say that the rules have changed this year? Yeah, the rules have changed. Um, And since I don't know the absolute particulars, I'd rather not misspeak. Okay. Um, But yeah, the rules have changed so that if two people do conquer Mount Midoriyama, they will share the prize. And do you think that was partially because of last year's situation? It was probably completely because of it, huh? Yeah, you know, I think there there was an understandable uh, disappointment that Jeff didn't wasn't rewarded for having conquered Mount Midoriyama, and uh, and so we we've changed the guidelines, and so if you do conquer the course, you will be rewarded. Yeah, and interestingly, though, you know, as ninjas, we always knew that it wasn't something like we were depressed about because it's something that along the way. We always were told it was in the rules that we signed. I mean, it was something that was very clear to us. I think that it was more of a confusing uh, moment for the American public because there was a question all of a sudden of, wait a second, this guy just did it. He was the first to do it. 
And then this guy was the first winner to do it. How's the show kind of dealing with that? Who is the first American Ninja Warrior for the show? Well, Jeff was the first person to ever conquer Mount Midoriyama. So officially, he is the first American Ninja Warrior. Um, but Isaac was the first champion. Um, he was the first person to win the million dollars. Um, you know, that can never be taken away from him. Um, but technically, Jeff did hit that buzzer at the top of the tower first. They're both just unbelievable athletes. And it may never happen again where we have two. I mean, who knows? But it, it was that was a special and very dreamlike moment. And, and thanks for sharing the behind the scenes, uh, you know, what was going on in the, <laughs> in the viewing box behind the curtain, because uh, it, it's it's interesting being out on the on the course and and being there and being a part of it. But I guess it's different for y'all because it is you're working, right? I mean, it, it's a job. You get to enjoy it. It's a wonderful job. But you have to put together a great show. So you're dependent partially on these great moments for it, aren't you? Yeah, of course. You know, and, uh, it, you know, it's a year long endeavor to, to make those magic moments happen. And, you know, as I was saying, part of that is how we build the course and who we invite to compete on the course. And, you know, we do everything in our power in, in our pre-production and our production to try and uh, facilitate those types of moments. But but this show and this sport has an inherent magic to it. And there's only oh, yeah. so much there's only so much we can do to, to bring that to the forefront. And, and it just happens. And, and it happens because of the spirit and the devotion of the competitors. You know, when you commit so much of yourself to something, ultimately something good will come of it. And we see it week after week. Things happen that we never could have expected to people that you would never expect it to happen to. And it's because they are passionate about what they're doing and because they have the support and the camaraderie of the people around them. And, and all that positive energy makes magical things happen. And, and we don't control that. that. That's the community and what they do and, and how uh, devoted they are to this sport. Has it rubbed off on you? Has the magic rubbed off on you? Have you changed, for example, the way you're raising your kids? based on American Ninja Warrior? Do you do anything different? Um, it's rubbed off on me more directly in the way that I uh, exercise. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I was more of a conventional uh, sort of ride the bike and lift some weights guy. And I dropped my gym membership and, and I only basically train at home. I do body weight exercises and calisthenics and uh, more natural methods of training. And that's just from watching and learning from the ninjas um, and just wanting to sort of feel more connected to the environment that I'm exercising in. It's impacted me positively that way. In terms of the way I raise my kids, I don't know that it has yet. You know, I, I certainly have benefited from it personally in just being in touch with all these amazing people and, and this movement. And I think this movement has just, it's created some positive energy in my life. You know, being involved in this show uh, has given me happiness and that happiness rubs off on my kids, as you know. For sure. um, anytime that you're happy as a parent, your, your kids are going to be happier. And so uh, I, I think indirectly, yes, it probably has impacted my relationship with my kids. So Anthony... Honestly here, have you built any ninja obstacles? I, I am in the process of, uh, <laughs> of remodeling my backyard, and I've been talking to Travis Brewer, uh, one of our more popular ninjas, who's been designing and building some obstacles actually around the world. Right. And, uh, and we, are, uh, we are in the very preliminary stages of possibly building some obstacles in my backyard, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, your kids are going to love it. I, I know my boy does. Uh, you know, we have the whole wolf den here. You're going to have to come see it sometime. It's uh, 
It's pretty extensive between my place and Ian's. Um, I heard about Ian's got the telephone <laughs> poles up now. I'm looking forward to seeing that tower. Oh, yeah. It's it's incredible. It's incredible what they've done to the farm. <laughs> so and now let's go back to the, the ninjas. The ninjas are this crazy diverse population of kind of extra normal people who – are dedicated to self-improvement and, and a very, very positive. I mean, you know, you don't see a lot of negativity in the ninjas on the course or the ninjas out there. It's like a whole bunch of guys with, and gals with, with ADD who are super excited, super intelligent and passionate about what they're doing. What, what do you think it is? Or do you think there's some special trait about the ninjas in particular overall? Or what is it that you guys have found or learned about the ninjas? Well, I, I found them all fascinating. You know, they're, uh, as you said, they're dedicated to, to, to self-improvement, but most importantly, they're dedicated to each other. You know, this, yeah. this sport grows because everybody in it supports everybody else. You know, every single submission tape we get shows somebody training with other ninjas. They're constantly getting the support and encouragement of the people around them. And, you know, it, it is somewhat competitive. Only a limited amount of people make it out of each city and, you know, in advance to Vegas or to the city finals and then to Vegas. So there is a competitive aspect to it. You know, your neighbor could be the one that knocks you out and ends your season. Right. But no, nobody ever acknowledges that. <laughs> nobody ever takes notice, at least, you know, outwardly, that the person that they're training could be the one that ends their season. They just want to support each other and make each other better. And and I can't think of another sport where that's true. You know, there there just does not seem to be any competitiveness. And you know, even amongst these camps, these quote unquote camps that are developing, be it the the Wolfpack or Ninjas United in Minnesota or the Wilchowski, you know, the Movement Lab or, or any of the various places where there are sort of packs of ninjas developing, right. they still get together and they support each other. And, and if, if one of your people travels to New Jersey, he can easily, he or she can easily walk into Chris or Jamie's gym and, and get uh, hugs and kisses and, and support and vice versa. And that's just fascinating to us, you know, and we're, we're honored to be involved in a world like that. It is a big community, and it's interesting you say that. We have Chris Wilczewski and his girlfriend coming to the Wolf Den cool. uh, next week. <laughs> there you go. And Yeah, and we've had Kevin Bull and and Josh Levin and Travis Rosen out here. It just ton, tons and tons of ninjas. And you're right, there's, there's, there's something very family. There's such a family feel about it. And it, it extends across the line of the competitors. You know, when we go to Vegas or when we are in um, the cities, there is an element of, you know, you guys are, there's a little bit of stress, a little bit of pressure. We got it. You guys got to get the, the show going and maybe not so much for you as for, for the people who you're, who, you know, who are kind of under you, who you're leading, but the, you know, for the ninjas, we always are trying to cross that line and I think we do it effectively and we do kind of have a family feel for the production as well. And there's, there's a, you know, I think Megan may even be, you know, thinking about rooming with, with somebody from production and, you know, in, in when she moves to LA. And so that's a really interesting kind of relationships and context that have, happened for the ninjas. And so it's very interesting to kind of be in that world that's, it is a competition, but it is also, it's TV land. And so it's a little bit different. Do you think that 
the offshoots of Ninja Warrior, like now we've, we see Team Ninja Warrior that's started on, um, on Esquire. Do you think that there's going to be more offshoots? I mean, there's obviously the team show or the uh, USA versus the world and there's skill shows. Do you think this is ever going to become a, like a year-round phenomenon or – yeah, I think there's a there is a danger in diluting it. You know, I think we want to grow it um, to the point where it, it it still feels special. You know, right. we st- we still want it to be exciting when the season starts. Uh, you know, a- a- around Memorial Day every year, um, we still want our specials, USA versus the World, and our All Star specials to feel just that to feel special. Right. Um, right. So you know, I-, I think like anything, it's good to have a little downtime and and get our you know our fires stoked again um and to and to to rest and for the athletes to train and to get back to their lives for a few months um so yeah you know i hopefully we continue to grow and we continue to go up in terms of going out i don't know we 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 may be reaching a saturation point but right. uh, you, you never know what do you think about the leagues that have sprung up like the national ninja league and the united ninjas I think that's terrific. You know, uh, I think it's great for the ninjas to have uh, an outlet to compete year round. I think it's great that they've um, that they that there's again supporting each other and that there there are prizes um, for the winners and that there are just opportunities for everyone to showcase their skills. You know, we wish that we could have more athletes in every city. We wish that we could have more people come to Vegas. We're, we're, we're constricted by time, basically. Right. You know, we only have so much time we can shoot over the course of a night to get all the runs in. Um, so for there to be outlets for people that, that we may not have been able to invite or that may have had a, uh, an exciting run, but we didn't have room on our show to air it. Um, and so for them just to get to showcase their skills again and have an outlet for their, uh, all the work that they put in year round is terrific. And I think that, that I, I hope that continues to grow and more of these competitions and leagues continue to develop. Has there been any conversation or discussion about perhaps having some, uh, like a feeder competition where you would take the top, you know, several competitors who perhaps did well in a league. I, I know because there were 70,000 applications mm-hmm. and, and with only 700 people or so making it, uh, making the cut to get on the show. Has that been something that's been considered? We haven't really discussed it. You know, there's a reality to, you know, who can appear on our show. And, you know, right. our, sh- our show is made up of such a cross-section of this country. And it's, you know, it's made up of people that are that do have – the ability to dedicate, uh, you know, countless hours to training and, and people that don't, um, you know, and if it's, you know, if it's people, if it's working class people that have 80 hour a week jobs or, or families that, you know, just don't have the free time to go and compete in these, uh, competitions or to travel. If there's not anyone, if there's not a competition anywhere near one of our competitors, and we've got people from Alaska and Hawaii that may not be able to get to these competitions. And I would hate to exclude those people, um, just because they weren't able to compete in one of these, uh, one of these national leagues yeah no and that makes sense and you know the the show as as a whole i want to switch up just for a second and talk about the positive impact that we see it having on american culture now i'm not sure if you're familiar or not but as the wolf pack as other ninjas we obviously have fans and we've we've been given the 15 minutes by the show and a wonderful platform and the fans are coming to us and saying hey 
we're so motivated. My family has lost a combined 75 pounds or we quit smoking or we be, we're becoming healthier. So the show is having this really positive impact through through American society and culture and, and maybe even broader than that. And does that give you some kind of psychic happiness or feedback or energy, just the positivity and the positive impact the show is having? Yeah, it's tremendous. You know, and you know, working in television, you never even dream that you're going to be able to have an opportunity to positively impact people like that. You know, we this show in and of itself is an anomaly. You know, it's it's a it's an yes. inherent it's an inherently and almost exclusively positive show. And there are very few of those on television. You know, every, almost every run on our show is uplifting in some way. Absolutely. We've had people that have fallen on the first step. 72-year-old Chuck Mamey can't get past the first step, and nobody cares. Right. It's, insp- it's inspirational. Uh, we've had cancer survivors that haven't, haven't made it through the first obstacle, and, and, and it's still motivational. Um, and so to have an opportunity to, to work on a show um, that, that I feel positive about and that has that sort of impact and, and, and to hear these stories about families losing weight and about people um, you know, fighting back against their conditions or their diseases because they were inspired by something they saw on our show it is extremely fulfilling and, and something unexpected in my career. You know, I, I've worked on I've done, I've been telling stories for my entire, uh, television career and, and, and they, you know, those stories can be motivational, but they're very limited in scope. Um, and they didn't reach the sort of audience that this show reaches. And, and so for us to reach a broad audience and and a multi-generational audience, which is also very rare in television. Um, I know you watch the show with your son and, and, and I can't, I bet there are very few other shows that you guys watch together that you both enjoy. Uh, so (laughs) we don't have time for any other TV. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, yeah, two hours a week is a long time too, but, um, yeah, so it's, it's fascinating. And, and, and very fulfilling, and uh, there's a part of me that hopes it goes on forever. I mean, who knows when this this sort of opportunity is going to come around again? Right. You know, I think that the show has has gained a lot of power and a lot of steam, and of course, with great power comes great responsibility. As a physician, I've just been so happy to see this platform starting to make a cultural impact, and I feel it really is. You know, we have a horrible, horrible epidemic of childhood obesity and diabetes. And Anthony, in my career, when I was young, I never saw adult onset diabetes in kids. And I, I think that it's it's high time, you know, that there's a change that's made. And I think that American Ninja Warrior and the whole brand is leading the way. And so personally, as a physician, I want to thank you and the other producers and, and all the team of the show and the ninjas uh, for, for make starting to make this difference, which is it's going to happen, you know. We're going to get this country healthier, and I think American Ninja Warrior is leading the way. So, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I mean, we uh, we've we've had a number of athletes with diabetes. I could think of three off the top of my head: yeah, Kyle. Kyle and Julie Sakella, and this year we had Brandon Denson out of Michigan. Oh yeah, uh, and they they they've all performed very capably. Kyle Kyle was a star on this show for years. And, uh, you know, and it just goes to prove that, 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 that shouldn't hold you back, you know? And, uh, and you look at Kyle's physique, you know, he's living proof that diabetes (laughs) does not prevent you from, from looking like a male model. Yeah. yeah, He's a good looking guy. No, it's, it's true. And, and he's very healthy. He's probably much healthier than, than a lot of people. Okay. So Anthony, before we wrap up, you know, people are dying to know, is there any tips 
what should they be focusing on when they're making their videos to submit? You know, the first thing that we look for is great energy. You know, we just want people that are going to shine uh, on television. And, you know, I, you know you've got to be capable and you've got to be uh, uh, capable of, of completing the course. But um, most importantly, we just want people that, that are going to be fun to watch. And so when you're putting together your video, you know, make sure you, you bring it bring the energy, bring the enthusiasm. We want to know just how badly you want to be on this show. You know, there's lots and lots and lots of people that really want to be on the show. Right, right. And, if, and if you don't sell it, you're, it's going to be hard for us to, um, to envision you uh, making the cut. And it's a painful process for us. There's so many qualified people and so many people that we just don't have room for. And, 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 it's, and it's really hard for us and wish we, we always wish we could invite more. But, but the tapes are amazing and they get better every year. The, the production value is through the roof now. Yeah. Um, and, and it's fun for us to watch. And casting's a, a really exciting part of the process. And every year we get new, uh, amazing um, competitors and applicants. And, uh, you know, it's, I'm months away from it right now. But I'm already excited to see the next batch. Does the team watch all seventy thousand videos? The team does. I fortunately don't have to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they get edited down before they get to me uh, and the other um, uh, folks that make the final decisions. Um, but yes, the casting department watches every single video. Wow. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, the executive producer of American Ninja Warrior, you're doing just amazing things with the show. The show keeps getting more refined and, and looks better and better. My wife enjoys it more every year, which <laughs> which means that it must be getting better. Uh, you know, I, I seem to enjoy it the same amount, which is still a 10 out of 10. So awesome. congratulations. Keep up the good work. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, it, it means a lot. Thanks, Noah. Anytime. It was a blast. Well, that was a great interview with Anthony Storm. Let's take a commercial break, and we'll be right back and talk a little bit about it. And I have some outtakes from after our conversation that are probably worth including as well. So we'll hear a little bit more from Anthony Storm. Okay, well, I really, really enjoyed talking to Anthony. You know, he's one of the guys on the sets who's always hanging out with ninjas. And although he's leading and, you know, every high-stress situation, he has this, like, uncanny ability to, to chill and to come, you know, and everybody's high, high, high stress. And Anthony will come over to you and be like, hey, what's going on? How's the family? You know, and he'll just talk about stuff. And he's a really, really good guy, you know. And then you can tell, like, stuff has to get done and he's got to go do stuff. But he takes an interest in everyone. You know what? I've never even thought about that, but you're totally right. Yeah. Time, when I think about it, he just the way he was talking to um, to you right there, that's how he talks to us when everyone else is freaking out and running around. Yeah. It reminds me of that quote. Um, I forget who it was, but, you know, a true measure of a man is not where he stands in times of whatever complacency, I'm paraphrasing, but where he stands in times of adversity and stress and stuff. And it's a good measure of Anthony. He's like this solid character who's just always kind of chill and deals with situations. It could all be falling apart and he'd be like, you know, sit he'd, down and talk to you. He'd be a good ninja, I bet. Like if he trained, he's got the mental... Well, I, I talked to him and he was like, uh, last time I talked to him a while ago, he was... Uh, training to get up the wall actually oh really yeah yeah nice. i'm sure he has by now but it's pretty cool and he's like fairly athletic you can tell I can see that yeah i could see that build i just wanted to say really quickly that uh congratulations to american ninja warrior they just won the reality awards tv best competition show yeah that's actually a really really 
big award and it was cool to see uh, you know, everybody was up on the stage, Jesse Graff and, all, you know, all the guys, Matt and, and uh, I think Natalie and Grant were up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, hold- Grant was holding Natalie up in the all air. Right. <laughs> well, and it's cool how the show, you know, the A. Smith Co., they involve the ninjas. They bring us to all the red carpet stuff. You know, we've all been on the red carpet and that's a lot of fun. You know, they're sharing kind of the, the glory of this thing that we've all kind of made together. Um, obviously they're actually doing the making, but we're the willing participants, uh, you know, competing on the course. And so some of the ninjas come back year after year after year. And although we're still contestants to some degree, you know, we, we've become a little bit like talent, you know, like we've become these recurring characters who show up, uh, year after year. And it's, it's, uh, it's like a reunion out there. It's really fun with both the cast and the other ninjas. It's interesting that they they adjusted the rules, and I think that it makes sense because it's not a sport that's man versus man. It's a man versus course. That's the whole vibe of the the sport, really. And so it's nice that they've adjusted that final rule in stage four so that if whoever conquers Mount Midoriyama and completes all four of the stages, they win some money. That that makes sense to me because you don't want to have two different two different ways of thinking about the sports like man versus course and all of a sudden the last like you know 30 seconds of the competition is now it's brian versus ian it's like no it should be yeah man versus course still so i respect that rule change i'm happy to hear Yeah, we're all a team and they've identified that yeah and and we do have the competitive side with the team ninja warrior so we still have that we still have that fun part of it and the wolfpack ninja tour now that's that's right yeah i mean we're gonna have Double elimination, ninja, pro ninja, head versus head. All the top guys and gals are going to be there, along with all the amateurs and and youth who ever wanted to do this. Those 70,000 people, you guys, that he said, you know, applied for American Ninja Warrior, and they only took, what, what, like a thousand of us? Yeah. Yeah. Now those other 69,000 people are going to... welcome out. Welcome to come out. Yeah, come out to Denver, uh, April 29th and 30th, 2017, at, at the Denver University magnus arena i mean this is going to be a great event we've got over thirty thousand dollars in cash and prizes and that includes for youth and for amateurs uh and so this is going to be a really great event see if you can make the leaderboard on a on a pro ninja course we're designing this really awesome course it's you gonna know be fun. i wonder if there's enough good athletes out there that they can knock out all the professional ninjas we were thinking about that like is there going to be dark horses like are you a good enough ninja to come out and beat we Jesse could, Graff and it, beat Jeff Britton? I think there is. I think there, I've seen some guys, and I know some athletes personally, that don't really have the personality to get on the reality TV, but are just stellar athletes. They're like, yeah, secret maybe undercover maybe there's, agents. Exactly. I wonder, maybe there's so many more better athletes than all of us ninjas on the show. There probably are with that many people out there. I mean, we've become like... You know, the top on American Ninja Warrior, but it's yeah. all over the world now. Yeah. I mean, there's climbers. Think of all the climbers, all the parkour who could come to our competition and and win it. It's like crazy. I mean, there's a million guys like Chris Sharma, Daniel Woods, all these guys who we interview. Sean McCall could come. I mean, this is international. Any of the international guys can come. Any of the Japanese superstars could come to the Wolfpack Ninja Tour. That's an invitation, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Let's see what y'all can do. Think about all the pro stunt people and all the pro parkour athletes that are like crazy good 
at jumping on roofs and taking big risks and going super fast. Tim Sheaf. I mean, those guys have a good shot at winning. They might be the best. This might just fit them. This format might fit them. It could fit them, actually. Yeah, we're taking this and turning it into a sport, boys. It's going to be... Yeah. Let's do it. Oh, you know what? I just realized there's something horrible about this, the tour, though. What? We're not allowed to compete. Ah, I know. I know. I'm going to be emceeing, and we're going to have some special MC guests, some other announcers who are going to blow your mind. It's going to be pretty cool. But, yeah, we're going to be setting the course and racing it and just doing yeah, demos. So, yeah, so it wouldn't be fair because, um, you know, we're setting the course. But we do, we'll do. we do some demos. It'll be fun. That being said, Anthony, I think you should probably come out and check it out. Maybe even run on our course. Yeah, you won't have... You can do it? <laughs> he's going to win the amateur division. You know, this is I'm a ch- calling it. This, this is a chance for everyone that works on the show. They can come out and they don't have to do anything. They can actually be be the the contestant, and it's not the middle of the night. Oh, it's not the middle of the night. Yeah, you could sleep in. And, well, and the other thing is, we have a pro team, you guys. We've got Jesse Graff and Jeff Britton, the first American Ninja Warrior, as pro team captains. But we've got JJ Woods, we've got Flip Rodriguez, Joe Moravsky, we've got Jesse Lafleur, parkour master, and we've got Travis Brewer, we've got Nicholas Coolridge. I mean, you guys, this is like we've got Jennifer Tavernier. Uh, the like the ultimate ninja mom. I mean, she's amazing. And so they're all going to be there. We're going to be teaching classes to kids about, you know, how to do these ninja obstacles and how to become a ninja and become the superhero you know you can be, how to do well in your academics. I mean, this is, this is really we're trying to make an impact. Here. Oh, you know what? I just thought of a great matchup. Yeah. We should do. We should have Matt versus Akbar. Oh, man. <laughs> Yes, on the pro course. And you guys, this pro course, this is not as hard as Ninja Warrior. This is like, this is a slightly easier, it's for racing. Most people should be able to do this course. Like if you have a little bit of athleticism, um, you need some grip strength, obviously. You need to be like, uh, you know, a ninja who could maybe, it's probably not going to be as hard as a qualifier. This course. is a speed course. Yep. Bottom line is you want to start training now. Incorporate some rock climbing, incorporate some parkour, run around at the park with your kids, but get ready, you know. It, April's not that far away, so if you want to try to come and win, you got to start training now. April 29th and 30th, yeah, go to wolfpackninjatour.com or just wolfpackninjas.com and uh, just go to our website and you'll see it right there. There's a leaderboard and if you make the leaderboard, you can make it to finals night and compete for over $30,000 in cash and prizes. This is going to be awesome, you guys. I'm psyched. All right. Well, we're running out of time, everybody. But join us next week. We'll do some additional outtakes from Anthony Storm. Some of the juiciest stuff he had to say uh, we're going to include next week in a, in a short little podcast. And we still have got some greats coming up, like Akbar, Baja Biamila. We've got Chris Sharma, one of the best climbers of all time. Ultimate Ninja, if you've never heard of him. He's an unbelievable dude. He climbs 515C. That's like a really, really hard obstacle, okay? Uh, but we've also got Jamie Ron. We've got Lance Picus, and there's a whole host of others. So it's going to be really fun. Join us on the Wolfpack Ninja Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Kaufman, the Ninja Doc, signing out. Thanks so much for joining the Wolfpack Ninja Podcast. If you liked it, please tell a friend. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It would mean a lot. Remember to visit our website at www.wolfpackninjas.com and join us on social media. We are on Facebook and Twitter at Wolfpack Ninja and on Instagram at Wolfpack Ninja Warrior. 
Join us next time for another exciting episode with your favorite ninjas and informative health tips. Yeah, the podcast is great. You know, it's fun to be able to hear all these voices and get, you know, some more insight from the ninjas too.